Welcome to A Tribe Called Methodist, where we are looking at personal holiness, social holiness, irrelevance, and irreverence. My name is Matthew Kofal. I am a ordained... Actually, I'm not ordained, am I? Yeah, what the fuck are you? You're not ordained. <laughs> I am. I, all You're, I am is a local pastor. Yeah. A lowly local pastor. And I'm Davin Oswig. I am an ordained uh, elder in the United Methodist Church. And with that, you pretty much understand uh, where we're coming from. Yeah, we're irrelevant and irreverent. That's what we are. So um, tonight, we're just going to share a little bit about... Uh, what we're trying to do with this podcast, uh, we're in a kind of a strange place That's as an clergy. Place. It is a very oh oh you mean like literally like you know kind of more the metaphorical space. My bad. I yeah. thought meant I thought you meant the physical. Space. Yeah, the physical space is is very cool. Yeah, so we are at annual conference, which by our discipline as United Methodists is that time where we gather to make decisions, legislative decisions, which are going to drive who we are. Where we are physically is at an Airbnb, which is this, you know, we're in a pretty eclectic, weird space. Um, we've had an awesome dinner where we've made like steak and scallops and potatoes and Screw hotels. That's all I can say. Like this yeah. is this is pretty this been, awesome. This has been pretty good. This has probably been the best representation of holy conferencing that that I've ever been at. Just just by being in this space. I I don't know. So our guest tonight is Derek Hansen. Derek is uh, also a full elder. He is credentialed here. He's a reverend. Uh, serving up in Lake Placid, uh, and he's here. He hasn't said anything. I'm yet. here. There he is. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. This place um, is sweet. It's it's been pretty good to us so far. Um, so what I thought we'd do is maybe we just talk a little bit about how we got to this place, why we decided to do this podcast. Um, for people that are listening, um, basically it's mm-hmm. it's come two, to a, two quick things though. Okay. Uh, beer of the day, song of the day. Okay. So beer of the day, uh, we happen to be, we're outside of, of, uh, Rochester. So we should be drinking Syracuse beer to be honest, but we are not. Uh, but we happen to be uh, right now drinking Ruby Red Kolsch from the beautiful brewery, Genesee Brewery. Uh, so our beer of the day is Ruby Red Kolsch. Song of the day. That's a little harder for me, Matt. Uh, where are you on that? I mean, where where's our song of the day today? I'll give that some thought. Um, All right, maybe we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Song of the day. But right. uh, yeah, we want to do a every time we do a podcast, we want to do a song of the day. We song do, of the day uh, and beer of the day. Beer of the day. But uh, you know, the reason we started doing this was we really wanted to have a conversation about uh, where we're at as pastors, uh, where we're at as a church. Um, you know, I think. We all feel committed to this thing called the United Methodist Church, but we're watching it come apart. And um, scary times it is a weird time to be a pastor. I mean, uh, we, we've we've typed how many times United and this comes out untied. And I know that's the big joke, but we're here going, wait a minute. It actually is becoming untied. But this is. Scary stuff. We've we we're we're all younger, 
for our audience, we're all younger, but we've committed our lives to this thing. And um, here we are trying to figure out, well, well, what does this mean for us as we move ahead? And what does it mean for the churches that we serve uh, as well? And aren't you feeling it in the the conference hall itself? Oh, man. Something I, palpable. I mean, there was this weird sense of as we start out off clergy session, as we always do with the hymn, And Are We Yet Alive, that we might not be, I felt, here we are, we might not be doing this again. Well, it, you know, I know my joke was, and are we yet dead? But it, it, there is this element of, is this the last time where I'm gathering with with everybody that's in this room where we're seeing this thing, which is what we've done every year for how long? long which time. has an element of a, you know, kind of bittersweet, but at the same time it's like, but are we yet alive in the sense of uh, what new might come out of this? There's, there's, there's a sense of, of hardship and yet excitement. You know, I, I guess for me it's like, well, what is next? If there is a next, what, what is next? Yeah. Well, well that's the hope that, yeah. that next could be better. Well, and, and I think that's part of the hardship of where we're mm-hmm. at is everybody waited for... You know, GC uh, February. Right. Oh, here we are. GC February 2019. Oh, my God. Here we go. And it happened, and we're all like, okay, well, that happened. Well, now what? And now we're at June. Well, well June. hold on. Before, and, 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 uh, and, you know, before like, that, we, we thought, okay, well, General Conference 2019 messed up. So, okay, we'll just wait for the Judicial Council to hey, rule you, everything sure, out of order. Sure. And then it'll be fine. And of course, that didn't happen either. So they then said, we, you know, most of the stuff is in order. And we went, okay, um, all right. And and then the, the Council of Bishops said, okay, well, we committed to abide by this. So we are. Meanwhile, certain jurisdictions are saying we're not going to. We're not going to see this through. Yeah, no way. And meanwhile, other juris- other conferences are saying, well, you know, our hands are tied. We're we're going to... This is the law. This is the law. And, you know, all I can do is do what the Which is where general we're conference at. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. That's where we're at. That's where we, we're at. We, 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 what we understand, if I'm going to be here, what we understand is that is the law of how we will be presided over here. And so we're not in a place that is saying we, we you know don't like what was heard there and we're going to go a different direction. So we're also left in a situation, even with those who are opposing as conferences or even a full jurisdiction to say, what are our options now? Yeah. So what I thought we'd do tonight before we get too deep into kind of the issues of the day, I thought we might uh, take a minute or maybe several to um, just talk about who we are, um, talk about how we got to where we are, uh, why we're United Methodist, why we're Methodist, why we why we even believe in this thing. I mean, we go to annual conference every year and we go, this this can't get much worse. And yet, I myself have been doing this for the last fifteen years. You know, as a clergy person. Um, and you know, so my colleagues and um, 
some of them for even longer. And um, we keep coming back to this year after year after year um, because even though we get really cynical, we still, um, I guess, believe in it. So I guess tonight, just to kind of as a primer to what a tribe called Methodist is supposed to be about, um, maybe we talk about, you know, ourselves. It's about phony rappers who do not write phony rappers who do not excite. I don't know. I, maybe this is the point at which I know I'm, I'm quoting a tribe called quest, which I th- just think is appropriate at this point. Anyway, uh, I may throw it to, uh, you know, DJ Derek at this point and say, you know, what, what, what is it? And what, what does it continue to be? Uh, as much as he may ask the same of me, I know we, we kick around an annual conference as we're sitting there in the chairs and it gets kind of flipping at times and it seems like we don't care. But I think that, that there's a lot in our conversations and how flippant it is that actually is expressive of just how much we care about this. I think we're waiting for that moment where, I, speaking for me personally, I'm waiting for that moment where annual conference really intersects personally with me and something I can take home to my local congregation and say, okay, here it is. And this is where it really matters to you. And, and let me, let me take this message of hope home to you and let you know that you're a part of something that really is making a difference that really matters. Is bigger than you. Uh, Isn't that the idea in some ways behind Christianity or discipleship is we are so much bigger than ourselves and we work together with this incredible capacity to evoke change. But, you know, I think there is something of of driving five hours. I'm not sure it was that far, Derek. Three? Four. Four hours. Four. Yeah, to come to a meeting, like if I told my wife I, I'm going to a meeting, how far are you going? Four hours. She'd say, "What are you accomplishing?" And if I said, "I don't know," and that's what I say right now about annual conference, like just you know, I travel too. But what are you going to do while you're there? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough right now because. I'm thinking about the people I minister with and to back home and what's this mean? What them? they care about. Like you're here. Does it matter to them? Right. They're that you're here. Their own concerns about the church and what that looks like and means going forward. Yeah. And that's what's on my heart. Sure, sure. So let's uh why don't we just I don't know, um, tonight let's talk about our you need to tack that up just touch. Let's talk about our Methodist bona fides here. Um, what is it uh, that, uh, what is it that, uh, you know, makes United Methodist? So um, I think that's a question of theology as far as what makes a Methodist sure. a Methodist. But let me talk to you. I gotcha. My bad. Sorry. No, it's okay. What are you, why are you here? What, how did you get called to the ministry why are, why are you a united methodist pastor like mm. what what is your journey to this point today damn man you cut to the chase well i i think That's it's important big. yeah well i think it's important for us to kind of 
talk about that See, first. This is weird for me because I'm sitting between two guys that actually are kind of legacy pastors. No offense intended, but 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 you guys got like family heritage stuff, and I don't. Which makes it a little weird for me. I mean, you you, you can touch into different things that I can't. Not not saying that that is like your rootedness in this, but um, for me, I was baptized in a Methodist church, and my theology is thoroughly Methodist. And every time I think, oh, you know, something is kind of against my sense of of right or wrong theology-wise— and I may explore a different avenue or ponder it. It's theology, which means my sense of understanding of God does not align with that. Mm-hmm. I, I am solidly Methodist. There's no question about my sense of grace and the fact that it is Methodist. All right. So what would, what would be your, what would you call your home church? My home church, see, that's hard because growing up in Texas and Missouri and back in Texas and then Rochester, I mean, the, the church where I think I, f- I first felt a sense of call would have been in Amarillo, Texas. But the first church that I think that I had a sense that I understood what a call was mm-hmm. was probably in Rochester. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I have a weird mix in there of being in the South as well as being in the Northeast, but, um, certainly two, two, two churches. What about you? Um, I mean, I grew up as a, as a preacher's kid and, um, you know, I always trace my calling back to the, this, um, sense of, um, I was, I was with, uh, actually we used to have this men's breakfast, Every, I don't even know, maybe every quarter. Did you hit a moment? There was a moment? There was a moment, yeah. There was I, definitely a moment. I had a moment too. I mean, just <laughs> to hear Derek's moment. Um, there was, wasn't. Yeah, there was a moment for me. Um, I think I was uh, 12 or 13 years old. Really? And um, um, dad, my dad, who is a, who is a United Methodist pastor um, and is a district superintendent now, I'm delighted very much, by the um, way. Yeah, and I'm hoping to have him on at, yeah. at this at some point. I think it'd be, be that, fun to have him on. That'd be cool. On. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a mentor of sorts. Yeah. But, um, you know, he just said, hey, you know, um, I just need somebody to hold the bread while I while I serve communion. Would you do that? Don't we all need somebody to hold the bread? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, it's just that, you know, that random person. Right. You didn't think it. He didn't think anything of it. You didn't think anything of it. Is is just a loaf of bread. And to be honest with you, I probably guess didn't, what I probably didn't it's either. Freaking means of God, right? Well, there. exactly. And and I remember holding this loaf of bread um, at this men's breakfast, and I thought, "This is what I'm supposed to do with my life." Hold a loaf of bread. How old were you? I was like twelve or thirteen years old. And are, are you still holding a loaf of bread? Um, I'm. I'm now. I'm passing a loaf on. <laughs> you know, but um, no. I. I, 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 I I'm being intentionally irrelevant. I know. I know. Irrelevant and irreverent, but. Um, but no. I. I. Um, I just remember this this feeling, and and I remember telling my my parents. You know, I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. I. I. Um, 
So it's interesting that my my calling came through the sacrament of, of communion. And I really, I guess, pursued that through... And I guess, I guess for me, the highlight of every worship service um, is the is the chance to invite people to participate in the sacrament of communion. So, do you do communion every worship service? Um, unfortunately, uh, no. I'm I'm in a place where I'm really trying to bring my my church family along with me to that I had, place. I had to ask. You understand. No, I, I served. I, I'm there with you because I have taken churches on the journey to get to to yeah. that place to have the same experience that you had as a child. Yeah. A child, an adolescent, excuse me. Uh, but certain churches have their histories, and it's hard to get, it's, them, it's to really get hard. them there to recognize that people could have that experience any time. Yeah, because you want, I think, as a pastor— or even just as a, a person uh, who experienced a certain thing at a certain place in time, you want people to have that same experience. Yeah. And, and it's, really, it's really, really hard when people go, yeah, yeah, that's just not, I don't get that. And you go, well, maybe if you keep trying, you'll get it. And people say, well, I am trying, but I, you know, I've been, I'm 80 years old and I've been doing this you know, for yeah. my whole life, and I've never had this experience that you've had. Um, so is it different for, uh, uh, and for our listeners, um, whether you do or do not know, uh, I come from a very progressive background, whereas Matt comes from a very evangelical background. Is it is it different to have had this experience in the sense of... Um, communion sacramental theology uh for you in the sense of uh that background being a, a part of your journey in faith i would say no i i would say i never connected i never connected my calling and this is very interesting because i've never reflected on this before this is the very right. first time okay cool. it, it, yeah because it, is, it tends to be the sacramental theology is very orthodox and high church but so not. so i've never connected my my calling in ministry to my conversion to Christianity. My conversion to Christianity, if I if I if I have one, came at can can we use Wesleyan theology and go with that whole like justification uh new birth? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Like your so, conversion being new birth. So a new birth for me Where where was that? That Sorry, would be Derek, I'm not playing fussy with you, I promise. It's all right. That would be for me and I'm sorry I'm taking so much time here, but this is really interesting oh, for we're me to unpack. Into Derek in just a minute. Yeah. I'm waiting. Yeah. We're about to take him apart. So for me, um, it would have been 10th grade. Okay. What was, so, what was 10th grade? So 10th what, what grade. What was that about? So 10th grade was a whole bunch of like, um, I think, teenager feelings and a sense of I have to make this make sense. Is that when your parents were driving you like way out? West, the girlfriends out there. I've heard a lot no. of stories. Sorry. No, no. This is <laughs> this is after that. Okay, my bad. But things were very steady in my life. Just making sense out of like, yeah. what is life going to be? Yeah. What is what is life? What is this? What is what does it mean? Um, what is what is what is it? What is Jesus in my life? Um, so, did you live alone on the island? What, uh, this so, is a, for that's, for that's our after. listeners, I, I just want to again uh, give a little uh, update. 
My friend Matt, uh, his family has a cottage on an island where the only way to access the island is by boat. And Matt lived a summer where he labored for a company. Yeah, did marine contracting. Uh, and on a lived barge. on the island. Lived on an island and worked on a barge. Isolated. Not, I mean, his yeah. parents were there at certain times, but more or less, he lived the entire summer there alone. So... You know, I think for most people, that would be the kind of experience that would be very... Um, this came after. That, that, or this came before. Um, Bef- before that. Before so when that. was that experience? Just just to try to get the timeline right. So, 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 so when, when, when were you on the island? Island is cottage, is uh, college days. College days? Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and you kind of already had it figured out in the sense of your sense of call? Totally. Before yeah, by that. the time I hit college, I was even like, if you were rejecting it, yeah, it was already there. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a totally different thing that we'll definitely unpack for another day. All right, but <laughs> but let's just talk about like why I'm here today, and it's it's really why are you here today? It's, it's really that's a damn good question. It's really, why, why are you here today? It's really the original sense of calling. Okay, so ten or eleven or twelve years old, or twelve or thirteen years old, whatever okay. that was. I can't I can't remember the date, but I remember the event. And it was the the bread there, communion. Yeah, holding the bread. Yep. Okay. In this, during the sacrament of communion. Um, See, and I can remember mine. I think I was more. I'm not. I'm not intending to interrupt you, but you're going for, a, you know, a specific moment because we're going to go, to Derek. I, I guess I want to get specific here. I was. I'm going to say 16, and it was Ecclesiastes three, read, in worship, in June. Okay, that's specific enough. Damn. That's good. It's very yeah. specific. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So And then I read all of Ecclesiastes and I was like, Oh, the meaning of life is to drunk get drunk and be merry. I love the Bible. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. But the Old Testament the Old Testament is is grand. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there. It really is. Um so yeah, so it's the combination of of feeling called in um it, you know, at age 12 or 13, and then conversion, maybe at age 15 or 16, or or, or justification. Okay. At age... A sense of really opening the door to what does this mean? Yeah, a sense of, a sense of really having a, a personal relationship, because that's the tradition I grew up in, is more of an evangelical tradition. Sure. So having a personal relationship, having... You know, I, I don't think that's necessarily totally evangelical to be, but, uh, to be honest. Yeah, but but I, but but I get you. The language that is that idea of 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 the Wesleyan idea of of having your heart strangely warmed. I definitely experienced that hmm. at age age in tenth grade. Tenth grade, okay. And 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 actually, you know, so where I did it was I was I was in a youth meeting. And we were kind of all over the place, like literally all over the place in the church building. And people were like, you know, doing fun things or doing some Bible study things, like all different kinds of things in the church building. And I was uh, kind of, I had kind of wandered off on my own into the sanctuary by myself. And I was praying at at the altar and just had this. Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? You know me very differently. You're so devout, but that sense of that sense of really. Um, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. 
It's the holy and devout, man. But that sense of really um, having a... tree trunks is so holy and devout. But that sense of really having a a, um, a, a moment. Um, this was in St. James? This was in St. James. I'm trying to get the scenery yeah. right. It's in St. James. St. James is in Niagara Falls. The altar area of St. James now is completely different than it was back then. Okay. Um, because it was set up to do altar communion. You know, oh, with yeah, the, sure. Yeah. With the altar around Which the, they don't do anymore? No. No, they don't do that anymore. Um they they went they went correction. To, we as leaders of the church don't do that anymore. But they they went a step further because they decided to become a contemporary They decided to burn the whole damn place down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they redid the, they redid the stage area to make it a true stage. Uh for like a a, a worship you, band. All right. Um, I was going to say a stage. Should we want to go there? But yeah, no, no, yeah, no really, they did. A lot they of churches did, have done They did go there. Yeah, they it did go like there. It looks like a stage. Yeah, yeah. it's a stage. I mean, it's got lighting, state theater kind of lighting with park hands and the whole... So when I want to get to Derek, uh, in, uh, and not that I went all in the full detail that you yeah. did, but so, uh, you went from 10th grade, like uh, seminary, college, you know, like where did you get the point to, to be where we are now? Like, So it, it's, it just kind of feels like for me in a lot uh, of ways that Because you and I are, you know, we're in similar places that yeah. we are disgruntled. But I mean, let's be honest, yeah. we, we are disgruntled, but, but, I think, but we love this thing that we right. love. So I think for me, it, it, it came to a point where... I was fumbling my way toward calling and made a lot of missteps and a lot yeah, of. So when are you going to get behind that and actually make a commitment? I just. I have made a commitment. I'm. I'm. Look, as I told somebody before, as a local pastor, if I can do the sacraments, and I can preach, and I can do everything, but in a local context, You're I just good. want you to if, marry me, man. If the all. if the waters are so muddy, like why why. Why go the extra step? I think I think uh, the mo- we're, we're gonna we're gonna come back to this whole sense okay. of credentialing at some point. Sure, because my friend Derek is actually mm. credentialed, and I mean no offense against you, and I know you know you don't you're not offended, but there is something about the fact of being part of or credentialed or fully participatory, and I think what sometimes gets to me is I think of you every much part of this but you're not mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like I'm going to use my brother's term like why don't you want to be fully part of me mm-hmm. and I think and, for me and Derek has taken that chance and I want to hear Derek's story sure. about you know alright so call, let's let's, but, hear, let's hear your Methodist but, uh, bona fides but uh, you know I'm there with you like I want to hear myself. yeah let's prove like, yeah. where, where you are All right, but, let's, uh, okay, so, Derek tell me your story man I keep a picture in my office, my favorite picture, my dad and me. I think I'm about two years old. Nice. And similar to Matt's story, it's a communion. You've, you put moment. that picture on Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, Man, I need to look at Could I find this on Facebook? You could Facebook find it. Right yeah. It's I look so, up. Oh, such yeah, a good, I yeah, yeah. I can so identify with that picture. Yeah. It's, it's very emotional. It's really emotional for me. I'm sure it is. Uh, but I'm looking up the picture right he, now. He was doing an outside service, uh, West Valley, New York. Mm-hmm. West Valley. Where I was born in nearby Springville. Um, I'm also nice. uh, United Methodist pastor's kid. Anyway, he's 
breaking the bread. Yeah. And I'm just staring up at him. Are we not Facebook friends? As a little guy. I think we are. Are we? We should be. Do you post often? No. Okay, that explains why I never I'm not showing that. up in your algorithm. Yeah, I guess not. My so, what, yeah, ahead. what that says to me and what I know from my experience is that I have always loved the church mm. and the United Methodist Church. And for me, it was family. You know, we didn't have... Uh, because my dad went into itinerant ministries, United Methodist elder, we weren't uh, that close to extended family. Uh, my extended family were the people my parents met along the way and did life with within their churches. And uh, so the church was family, and that's how I got to know God's love. When I was in college, I, after my freshman year of college, I uh, applied to be a camp counselor at Camp Asbury, one of our United Methodist camps. And Mm -hmm. uh, when I was given an opportunity to teach the Bible and to lead is when I decided I should get serious about really discovering what it means to be a Methodist. Nope, never thought about ministry before that, or did you have kind of an inkling? So, yeah, here's where this is going. By the way, I'm still looking at Derek's photos as we're talking. This guy, this guy just gets better looking the further you go back. <laughs> I thought that's what you'd find. I thought, I thought that's what you'd discover. Like, he was already athletic and awesome, but you go further back, and he just gets like more. He, he's like freaking Moses. Actually, I think I found a picture where he is Moses. There you go. As a matter of fact. I don't know what you could be referring to. Yeah, I'm not going to let you Anyway, so I mentioned the picture because I'm I'm looking up to my dad, and that's how I thought about him. Yeah. I thought he was an amazing, gifted, relational, spirit-filled pastor. So I go into college... And I'm trying to find, I felt, I did feel a call to some kind of ministry. Where did you go to college, my friend? I went to SUNY Geneseo. Okay, nice. Good. It's a great school. It's a great school. Good time. Yeah. And. So you went there kind of exploring but not knowing. Right. So I didn't, I I knew I did not want to do what my dad was doing. Screw this. I am not doing what my dad's doing, but um, I think it's interesting. So did you study yeah. religion? Then you like you? No, no I studied political science. Political science. Um, okay. I thought can, I wanted to go into you, government or poli- policy work. All of the chaos that is now. Then, do you have the knowledge by way to dissect? Oof. Um, I don't think anyone could. I don't okay. think anyone could either. But so I'm, anyway, the story is yeah, sorry. really uh, interesting. I'm 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 going I'm, off the I'm, rails. I just I I want Derek's knowledge. Oh, this for, is supposed to be. Yeah, you're, well, goes, yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. supplying that, Davin. Yeah. Fine, you're yeah. doing well. I'm, but I want to know. I'm really connecting at a very deep level. I really need to know. I want to know. All right, so no, here's where nobody I'm has at. this photo, but I, you know, and I'm going to get you. What back are you finding? Show me what you're, what you're seeing there. You have this grill still. I do. I have that this grill. Is a beautiful grill. This is charcoal, right? Yes. There is only one way to grill. Matt will agree with me. That's a it's, that's a Weber 
Genuine yeah. Weapon. Yeah. Genuine yeah. Weapon. Yeah. There's that grill right That's there. That's what that is. That's so That's on my porch. For our listeners, there's only one way to grill. So you're in charcoal. So that is that is Weber. And that is a call to ministry is the charcoal grill. Maybe they'll uh, sponsor us someday when we make it big. Yeah. Uh, okay. Weber but, but uh, is sponsoring a tribe called Methodist. But in the Thank meantime, you, Weber. But in the meantime. Yeah, so I did not want to be right in my dad's footsteps. Mm-hmm. Is this similar for both of you? I just kind of want to ask. We could come back to that. I think we should come back you, to that, but I'd really like to hear your story first. Let me sidestep that and just let you go on. Okay, so here's what... What opened things up for me? My dad passed away a year after I graduated from college. Okay. That was the moment, one or two days after that. You weren't in graduate school or anything? What were you doing at the time? So I... It was a year after you're out of school, so what are you doing? I was still working at Camp Asbury. Okay. Like part-time? Yeah. Okay. Um, And I... So the other... Yeah, the other part of this at that time I was you, you engaged I was you, completely lost regarding what wife in the picture no, uh, no yeah shortly after we were married but I had no were you idea engaged yet? no we were we were married when my dad died wow yeah okay okay three months okay so, like so you were my dad engaged. died three months so, after so, we got married so you knew like hey this is the woman for me for you have some things right. figured out but you have a major piece not figured not, out, not figured out. Like, I, I, don't, had, I don't know where life is yeah, going yeah I had no idea I, was I know wherever life is going I want to do it with you right so okay. I felt a call to ministry some kind of okay. service you met, you met her in the church, church. no uh, we met as kids basically no crap 12, 13 14 no or 12, shit. 13. How did you find each other again then? No, we... I'm sorry, we started, I was so curious about We this, started right? dating from a distance. From a distance. When I was 16. Okay. She was 15. Okay. So it was already there as far as like you had been together so Were you guys in the while. same town? No, we, had, we met at Camp Finley. Okay. Which is no longer one of our United Methodist camps. Wow, you guys went on 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 one of the whacked out camps too. No offense intended, yeah. but I mean, if you want to go whacked out, go Camp Finley. Like I'm saying, like I was saying, it's no well, longer one well, of our. Well, I mean, Jesus United is Methodist there, camps, and, you know. Like, I want to congratulate you. The denomination yeah, the isn't that, like, disruptive. I mean, you know, right? God was there in your relationship. All right, for All right. sure. My bad. No, so okay. anyway, my dad died, and then that was the first time yeah, I actually bummer, felt. Felt a yeah, a like what did what call did it? to pastoral ministry, okay. and that was the difference. Like it came right after, or it came later, almost immediately or? after. Really, and it, days, it, days, yeah. And you're like, I'm supposed to do this. This, this that was this that was what, the feeling. This it is was, what God is calling me to do. It was an overwhelming sense that all right, so that that's what I was supposed to do. I'm I'm gonna rewind a little bit just because I want to I want to tie in all three. Lars. Okay. So Derek's comes by way of lifelong Methodist. Not sure where life's taking him. Always involved with church, but pretty much this is not really a glint in his grandmama's eye for him. Dad dies. Something goes off. Light goes off. God says... That's what you're going to do. You, you're with your dad. Had a men's communion breakfast. 
nothing significant. No, no big thing. Mm -hmm. Same stuff as any other time. You've Mm -hmm. done this how many times with your dad, whatever. Bread broken, whatever you, whatever happened, life goes off. That's it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I would say, similar for me, the scripture is read. It's in a worship service. Light goes off. Mm-hmm. And I felt this sense of your responsibility is to help others understand. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all I felt was help others make sense out of this. What was the passage? Ecclesiastes 3. It's such a common passage. Right. But, uh... Often heard at funerals. Yeah. But I I read the whole... Yeah, you got the call to ministry. That was your funeral. That was your funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody somebody cue the violin there. Hey, but maybe, maybe... Call me, maybe. Maybe buried and then risen with Christ. A little baptismal. Oh, dang. Dang. Imagery Uh, there? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I know I read the rest of the book that day, and I kept reading through that book, and it kept telling me the meaning of life was to be drunk and be merry. And I was like, I love the Bible. That's that, so that, great. That's like, so yeah. one of your favorite books of the Bible? <laughs> that got Ecclesiastes, you yeah. yeah. Ecclesiastes like, all the way. Damn it, the Bible is telling me to be drunk and it, be merry. Yeah, I can managed, managed to get you through, like... Everything. Yeah. College. So seminary. what I find interesting is... Um, in some ways, you both have similar avenues in, in a background where you have fathers mm-hmm. who are clergy. And I do not, in any respective way, I don't have a background in this. So our avenues into it are different, but yet similar. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the call into ministry is so, so similar. Yeah. And and the common question for ministry, and you you both probably know this is, tell me about your call, which I often feel like, okay, tell me about the most personal thing that nobody is supposed to know about. Or 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 for me, it's always been, and I think this is maybe why I'm still a local pastor. Explain to me the thing that's unexplainable. Right. Like so, in a way that in a way that will satisfy some rubric in the not in the ordination process. And I play the game enough. Now you're scowling, so what what do you what do you think about that? There's a little scowl now. Well, I think it's taken on new meaning for me now. Uh, so as a fully credentialed individual? I think that's part of it. Like when if, you yeah, when it, you give your life, if yeah, to if, I, if I could just if I could just interrupt, I'm I'm almost 15 years as a local pastor. Yeah, yeah. We don't know why you don't want to participate with us, Matt. I mean, yeah, the executive bathroom is worth all the privileges. I I know that people say that, but I, I think that I think that Derek is about to impart some knowledge to me. Look, he's, he's look, about to kick some knowledge uh, that I, you're really no, gonna. I really, I really, really, really want somebody to tell me why it's so important for me to transition from local pastor to ordained elder. So before Derek cuts in, can can I question? Can I ask a question of you? Okay. If 
if there is a schism, which there likely is going to be a schism or schism or however you want to pronounce it in the United Methodist Church, and if there is a direction, one, two, three, four different ways that you that you feel passionate about, would you at that point fully commit yourself towards credentialing? Right now, is the resistance partially because you are uncertainty? Yeah, I think it's. I think it is uncertainty. I think it's also a question of. I think it is for me. I think part of it is. Again, it's it's uh, that explain the unexplainable. Um, I think also part of it is. Um, you know, there's that that sense of you want to know 100% that you're doing the right thing. And and I've never felt that this was the right exactly thing for me to do. I I think I've I've, I've told you this story and and we're we're uh we're going to come back to Derek in a second, but I I've told you the story that my brother uh, my brother Bryant, um, who's also a United Methodist clergy down in Baltimore, Washington, his year that he was ordained, he was asked by the bishop in, in their sermon, you must go to the place you're most uncomfortable, and that's where you will serve in ministry. And he looked around annual conference, and he said, I have arrived. <laughs> and he, met, he, he still says it to this day in a flippant way. Sure. Well, I have arrived, because sure. he looked around and said, these are not my people. Uh-huh. And I know I look around annual conference and I feel better now because I have a few of people that I sit around and go, I have, I have my people. Right. right. I feel mm-hmm. good. Yeah. But I still look at annual conference and I go, I'm not sure I'm around my people. Uh-huh. I don't know where my people are at. Sure. And from my first day in annual conference, that's always made me say... And I felt a call into ministry. And I'm committed to my local church, and I love my local church. But I don't know what this thing is. Uh-huh. And I, I'm not sure that I can really say, even to my local church, that this matters. Mm-hmm. I want to. Sure. I mean, I, I'm credentialed, sure. and, and I care about Derek. And... You know, as I say to my local church, like, <clears throat> you're not my church. My church is more messed up than this church. My my church is the annual conference, and Derek knows this. His his he was you know he's now ordained. Our church is the annual. Con- that's our church. We're members of the annual conference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, our church is clergy session. You want to talk about dysfunctional church? That's a scary thought, isn't it? That's our church. That's where we go to worship. And I think that's why we why we started this podcast in the first place because it ends up being the annual conference is our it is our tribe like as much as we say these aren't our people but these are our tribe this is our tribe our Methodist tribe. Well, we sat around tonight and by the time we got this started, I mean, we had people who are transfers into our conference who are new, and they sat around here and sat around here and I think basically they were reluctant to leave because they finally felt a place to belong. And they kept saying that to, 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 to me. It's not like this 
where we came from before. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to say where they were from before because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of felt like, well, I don't know that that's so much a product of annual conference or so much of a product of who we are. Sure. Who we are being a tribe called Methodist. Sure. Sitting here saying, you know, we're, we're stuck in the trenches trying to figure this out too. We okay. don't have any answers. Okay, so let me challenge that though then. Go, go and for I, it, And man. I think that, I think that uh, Derek, Derek. 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 I think Derek is going to straighten me out here. But I think if what you're saying is true, Dobbin, then it's the informal connections that really matter. It doesn't, the, the, the ordination may have arranged this particular relationship that we have with each other and with people who come in to this, but does that justify ordination itself? And I think, I think Derek, I think Derek is going to, going to justify that. Derek's the most recent victim. Well, no, I think, I think Derek has got a really, I think he's thought a lot, thought a lot about this. So go ahead. All right. I can speak from my own perspective and I entered into the ordained ministry process uh, with my sights set on becoming an elder. And that was because I was committed to giving my whole life to this, to itinerant ministry. Uh And not to go in halfway like I could turn back. Mm Mm-hmm. As I was saying earlier, there isn't anything else. This is Jeremiah complex, right? You know? So I always, I remember Doug Spencer saying, like, if you don't got Jeremiah in your heart, you should walk away. Now, and, and he was a decom chair and, and board warden and ministry chair for ages. Okay, so I think that was that. You know, that's an obedience thing for me answering that part of the call, especially to be itinerant. I mean, we, I was born and raised in Western New York. I was in Western New York. We want you back, man. My whole life until I got moved across the the state. Sure. And then even, even farther away. Right. um, From any and all extended family. We're going to draft you. Don't worry. Essentially, you're about as far away as you can get yeah. from right. where Matt you started. And I, Matt and I are going to somehow finagle something. Trying to get get me back. Oh, yeah. But for me, that, that comes out of a sense of gratitude for what the church has done for me. Mm-hmm. And so reflecting on that okay. piece then leads me to a willingness to give myself to back to the church in that same way. So how do you convince a person like, convince is the wrong way to put it. How do you take a person like Matt, who we know is called into ministry, who I call a colleague, you call a colleague. There's no question about that. Right. And has every ability to pursue credentialing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and has made the decision uh, to say, no, to say, this is something of value. 
Because I'm Matt's mentor. If I, if, so. I can, if I could interrupt. Are you his mentor? If I, I am. If I, if I could interrupt, and maybe maybe this is... Sorry. If I put you on the spot, I don't mean to. No, it's okay. Maybe this is no, me. No, I mean to. Yeah, Actually, I know. No, you know what? You do. Fuck you. I mean to. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I think maybe... I don't know. You can judge me however you want. I'm going to judge you, no matter I know. what. I know. I already did. If you can... Um, I judge you well. If you can, I don't know, if you want to call me a, like a snowflake or whatever. Uh, Wait, you I, have a place in Florida? I've never, I've never experienced the process of ordination as a nurturing or it's not. life-giving. But Derek, would you say that it is? Hold, you know, you don't need and to I, go further. And I think, so, so, okay, so if you don't have like, Derek, Derek speaks of, Ordination, seeking ordination, and being in the process mm-hmm. as sort of an inward resolve, and and you haven't really spoken of it, but you kind of, I mean, my 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 impression for you, Dobbin, is that you sailed through it. I mean, you were twenty five years old, and you just said, "Hey, I, okay. hey, look, yeah. look, I'm a Methodist elder." Let's be fair; I was twenty three. Yeah, so even younger. So I was even younger, but at the same time, he's acknowledging it wasn't the most. Nurturing and and supportive. Well, I you know I think there's experience. an aspect at which um, that process is challenging for a reason, right? And it's because it matters. When we're saying to somebody, "We believe this about you forever," uh, and your wife is a teacher, Matt, and so is mine. Uh, it's our sense of granting tenure. Mm-hmm. It's a weird way of granting tenure because we're saying you, we're, we're authorizing as colleagues that you have a call from God. But at the same time, it, it's saying we are authorizing you have a call from God and you have the gifts and qualities for ministry for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think there was that sense of walking away from that experience when when I received confirmation to say, Oh my gosh, something incredible just happened. And I don't understand why and I don't understand what. But mm-hmm. I've been working towards it. Mm-hmm. And I've written about it and I've spoken all I could. And here are people in the faith that believe that it's true about me too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think your colleagues in faith believe that about you. We just can't formally do it. Mm-hmm. Um, not to not to push you towards that, but uh, spoken like a true mentor. No, yeah, I candidacy so. mentor. I suppose, I suppose so. But you're you're a smart dude, and you challenge me theologically, theologically, which is what makes it so fun to be your friend. Is it's not just you espousing bullshit out of me; it's you challenging me to think about God differently. Mm-hmm. I love mm. that. Mm. I wish Derek was closer. We could all do pulpit swaps. I know. I still, I still want to. Matt and I have been uh, teasing around this idea, Derek. Uh, I want to get you into this sometime too. About um, uh, I did a talk at uh, Matt's church once. Uh, it was more of an environmental talk, but I've been wanting to get Matt at my church uh, to do a recovering evangelical talk. Mm-hmm. So, what does it look like uh, yeah. to be? 
an evangelical Christian that's come to a different place. I really yeah. want to have a conversation about this at another um, at podcast. another point. That's yeah, a whole, great. This whole another podcast. I, I really do feel great like podcast topic. Yeah, it, it really is. Well, I think my church wants to hear about that. Like, how do I get from this place to that place? Yeah, I I think there's a lot to I think there's a lot to say about that. Um, but I think tonight was a really interesting conversation because it's given me. It's given me a lot to think about. I mean, I think about it every every year when we're here. I'm sure, you do at annual conference. I, I think mean, I ask you every year. You, I mean, you, are you going to yeah, interview? You, you have you asked me. You have successfully mm-hmm. asked me every single year. I'm, I'm faithful. You do that? I'm faithful to it Derek, every every year because I I don't ask anymore. I just don't ask. He so he goes yeah, yeah every year he, he yeah Derek comes up to me and he says so. Uh, when are you think about the when are you thinking about the process you going or to, you, you going to the board? You going to the board this year? I can't think of a person that and, I'd be more and, proud to, to present. But it's funny because... I, that's because it's something I would be excited about. Because, you oh, know... Okay. You know, right. seeing, I mean, seeing you... I mean... Seeing me that point. Right. You personally excited? Right. It's just yeah. Excited for him. I mean, I was... When, when you got... When you got fully ordained last year... Derek! Two years was, ago. Two, was it two yeah, years ago? Yeah, it was two. Time flies. Yeah. It was, a, it was a personally exciting moment for me. Yeah. I, was, I was very excited. We cheered for you. you see yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, we yelled out. I didn't hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, we such a, it's such a big moment. It is. You're yeah. almost like completely. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm so sure it's like I hard to zoned ask. in. I have to ask, how emotional were you? I was. I, I bawled. I, I, was, bawled. I was very emotional. I bawled I, through my ordination. I'm going to I don't think I that. cried. Uh, I was close. So Walking up, I was. Yeah. There are these I moments close where you're like, it. holy crap. And and I think, to, to use a Deadpool, holy shitballs, yeah. holy yeah. shitballs, <laughs> yeah. is like walking up those stairs, even though it's not at church, um, you walk up those stairs and you're like, wow, this is a forever thing. Right, and I think that's, that's it. what it's it was. Like, this is a forever the, thing. The weight of it. it. It's like getting married. It's like, holy shit balls! This is a forever thing. Right. Not like, oh, I can walk away. No big deal. Yeah. It's, oh, oh shit. Yeah. 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 And you know, in a truthful way, we know you're there in your heart, Matt. But we want to see you make that forever commitment. It's a weird thing, but. Uh, I understand, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna side with you right now. If I was where you are right now, I'd probably hold tight to figure out where this all plays it's, out. It's very confusing, yeah. and I think I think that's why we started this podcast yeah. in the first place because it's try called Methodist. Like, what does that mean? Well, yeah, we're our, Methodist. Our tribe. We're, we're committed to be personal holiness. Our tribe. Holiness. Our tribe is coming apart in a way that. Well, it is and it isn't. We're yeah. committed to be a tribe called Methodist, but we just don't know what that expression in is going to look like. Some way, in some way, like, right. new but, way. But we're trying to that figure. Expression. We're trying to figure that out. And so Absolutely. I think. I think the reason now that we've kind of introduced Phony ourselves, preachers, now who do not preach, right? But now that we've kind of introduced ourselves, I think that's why we've why we've done this is because we're trying to. We're trying to figure that out. Like, okay, what does this tribe look like if this... Um, we understand form- that it can't hold together the way it is. Right. If this formal thing called United Methodism comes apart... It's going and to. It's, I, think, I think that's a foregone conclusion. I don't Practically know. I, already. Do you think it's going to hold there. together? No, I don't. But, but I, That's another discussion. Uh, Sorry, yeah. my bad. But 
I my my impression. But, but we still are a tribe called Methodist. Yes. Like our heritage yes. is steeped. Yeah. In a sense of Wesleyan understanding of grace. I think that's where we hold together theologically, is this Wesleyan understanding of grace. And so the tribe called Methodist piece is whatever our discipline may be, our theology in the sense that we understand God is based on this sense of a Wesleyan understanding of grace. And I think that's what I'm struggling with, the harm that's been done to our witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think Amen. is even right. a great witness for the Christian faith. Sure. A um, unique witness. And one that's needed. Yes. I mean, look, I, 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 try to, I try to make this argument to my local congregation all the time. If Methodists don't do it, nobody will. Like, we're, we're that unique. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, I feel in some sense that some of the, the things that have happened this year, and, and we'll talk about this in other, in other podcasts, but I feel like some of the things that have happened this year are the result of people really wanting us to be more like everyone else. Uh, and I think it cuts both One ways. way or the other. One way or yeah, the other, exactly. Right. exactly. I was going to say that. I think that it cuts yeah. both ways. Yeah. Just, just, just based on the conversations that... Should that, we be that, more like the culture or should we be more like the other churches? Right, right. And and we're not being truly authentic if we're not this far radical and we're not being truly authentic if we're not that far in a different way. Is Should should we should we propose that? I think... I think what are you what are you proposing? I'm 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 for the first time in my I've I I think I have a new way forward. Oh. Oh. Oh we're shit. Ex- we weren't expecting oh, this. Oh shit. Well, I was hoping that the conversation would actually make something happen. All right. So make something happen, man. Okay. What so, are you proposing? Okay, so That's it. Hold on. Right. I'm showing I'm showing the dive in the picture of, of nice. calling. Nice. This is you talking about earlier. That is me. You, Cur- you need this outfit. Hair. This I, outfit is tight. I need that. I outfit love back. that. Yeah, he needs a onesie. No, this is this is tight. That that is a heck. It's of cut an off, outfit. but that gives you a sense of. It's it's the great. I totally identify Man, with that. You know, your dad I, has like the same cut as you do. You think? Basically, it's the same shirt you're wearing now. By the way, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Tell me it's not. It's, it's almost identical. Yeah. That's 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 uncanny. It's kind of it's kind of whacked out. That is. Let me see that. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, it's a little yeah, can, it's a little pinker. What but, can you say? But okay, so I don't I don't mean to cut the. I love that. I really really no, do no, love that. with what you were yeah. saying. But let's talk about uh, let's 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 say oh, you this. have a way forward. I have a way forward, okay. and we'll talk about this more right. tomorrow. Maybe okay. would this be a a, a good cliffhanger? To, you, maybe to okay. end this on. What if we've been asking the wrong question? Okay. So okay. What so question are you asking? Okay. So we've created this binary argument. Uh, this or that. Should we be yes more like no. the prevailing culture, or should we be more like the churches around us? 
Okay. I, I may disagree with what the question is, but yeah, okay. I, I get what you're saying. Okay, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a binary question. Yeah. It's, it's this way or that I, way. I think in binaries. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, it's basically this way or that way. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and that's why okay. we, but that's what you can see the division. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. So what if we just go, well, we reject that way of thinking completely. And we're, look, we understand the tension of wanting to be like other churches we also understand the tension of the culture pulling on us. But what if we choose, what if we choose none of the above? Is, is there a, is there a, so, so one of the things that people have rejected at, at at our general conferences is you can be this way, A, you can be this way, B, or you can be both, C. Which is where C has been... But C rejected. has been rejected roundly. Right, right, which is where most of our churches lie so, is, is in C. But nobody has been able to say, I choose none of the above. Which is C or beyond C? It's D. beyond C. D, none of it's the above. It's D, it's none of the above. I, don't, I choose not to conform to my culture. I choose not to conform to other churches. I choose to live in the tension of the ambiguity of we have all these people who believe one way and believe the other way and are interpreting scripture in all different kinds of ways. And it seems like it's really hard to live together in this moment, but we should just do it anyway. Okay. Is it a liminal space? Um, Tell me what that means. uh, In between though, is it waiting for what's next? What's to come? Or is it where we're called to it be? It doesn't have to be. Well, I think what is proposed, I'm, I'm reaching here, but okay. I think what's proposed is not liminal. Mm-hmm. It's between all those binaries, so you don't have to be radical on one side or the other or this or that. It's the gray. It's the decision to be to live... Well, I look to a at degree. I, look I don't at, know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm trying yeah. to understand more. You might I look have at, to go. Okay, more. so nobody, nobody has ever, nobody has ever come to annual conference or general conference and say, "I really think that the Trinity, the doctrine, is horrible, and we should get rid of it." Well, that might be so. Right. But I, I'm. We're I get going it. back to the fourth century. Yeah. Then, and, um, I really think our I think really think our theology of the sacraments is is trash. All right, man, it's, I'm throwing down now. You know, fuck you. I, just, I know. No, I, I know. But what I'm saying, <laughs> don't go there. Right. All right, Matt. But, but what, damn you. That's that's it. Okay. No. But, but nobody's I, ever said. Nobody's ever said. In the midst of this all this conversation, nobody's ever said those things. True. The funny thing about that, I'm going to just pick on the sacraments for a second before I let you you finish, is we have a whole lot of people that are basically Anabaptists and are going to rebaptize people when they accept Jesus. So the funny thing is, is we have a whole bunch of people that supposedly don't debate our stance on the sacraments, but really don't honor our stance on the sacraments. That may be a different conversation, but you dig what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think I think I do. I'm just saying, like, I don't think... I took us off the rails there. Nobody's ever... Okay, nobody's ever challenged the big pieces of doctrine. Nobody's ever gone... We're going big picture here, denomination. You know know those articles of 
Um, Articles of religion. A religion? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are those are bullshit. You guys should really just do away with all those. No, nobody's, nobody's ever, ever nobody, done yeah. that. No, no, you're really speaking to the original purpose of holy conferencing, which let's go for it, Derek. What is what, it? Which was to debate doctrine and come to understanding and clarity about who we are. Okay, and who was allowed originally to be part of holy conferencing? Do you know? I don't want to cut. I don't want to cut this off. The clergy. It was only the yeah. clergy, and I find this incredibly interesting. Not that I dismiss the presence of the laity, but find it incredibly interesting that the more that we've sought balance, the more we've also become kind of oddly imbalanced. So you know what happens when when we create something new? Do we restore? Holy conferencing as being a time as clergy to invite the Holy Spirit in because this is our church. The laity have their church. It's called the local church. Right. Uh, where we invite the Holy Spirit into our church as the clergy's church to help direct the work or something different. And and I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't have yeah, an answer that's to that. That's a that's a good question. But originally it was clergy. It was only. the clergy. Yeah. Okay. So, but again, I think I think what, that what happens to local pastors then? You know, I I'm not worried about that. I, I'm worried about you. I I'm, want you. I want your no, voice I'm, there. I'm not worried about that because I. I You're right. I'm not worried about you. Screw you. I'm. No, I think that. No, I. I think that if you took. If you took the muddy waters away. The, the I, blues I am artist. I don't want to take him away. He's great. I am the result of, I am the result of, in some I've reflected on this. I'm the result of watering down doctrine. Doc, well, not just doctrine, but ordination and, like, if you if you tell me, well, we got this permanent order deacon. I'm not saying I don't appreciate the deacons, but he used to be the you know Derek on his way to being ordained an elder. Would I would have been, have been ordained, ordained a deacon. deacon. Right. That would have been. That was my dad. He, he was said, I was ordained too. deacon yeah. in this year, and yeah. I was ordained elder in this year. We separated ourselves in some weird way in 1992, right? From the from uh, from well, our we, historic roots, when we decided we knew better and we created these unique branches. The thing is, is that elders were always ordained into service first. Mm-hmm. In order second. Right. But we did away with that. Right. Nope, nope. This is your branch only. But, okay, so anyway. so let's go a little further than that to where I am as a local pastor. Go for it. If you tell me in my local context that I can do all the things that an, that an elder can do. Kind of. Basically. Only <laughs> right there. Okay. In in your context. context. But in my right. context. Yeah. I'm, right I'm appointed there. and in uh, a, I can do anything right here where we're sitting right now. You can't. Yeah, but it doesn't matter to me. No, I know. And it doesn't matter and to it my doesn't congregation. Matter to me, does it? And it doesn't matter to my congregation. And it doesn't matter to me what you would do right here. But what I'm saying is if you took that away, that possibility. Okay. Of your licensing? Yeah. Like you're you're yeah. practicing ministry. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just trying to follow you. you. Say, okay. Or you go, that local pastor thing, that was a mistake. And now you've got two options. 
you can go to seminary and you can be a local pastor or you can you can work toward you know ordination as an elder or you're out well isn't there a third it's called a circuit rider, right? Well, no, no. I be, mean, not you having a job no, the way that you have a job no, now, be, but an elder would ride through town. Right, but, but what I'm saying is... Are I, you doing what you do now? No, that wouldn't exist no, in that way. No, but I, again, like, I think part of the confusion for me is, and, and I told the, my, my district committee on ministry, it's awfully muddy to me on a practical level why I should go any further than I am now when I can do absolutely everything that I feel called to do right now as I am. I think, I don't know. Let me, uh, let me ask Derek. Let me go there. I mean, I know, I know. I mean, I, 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 well, I think my I brother think, might respond. But, but I think the I think the system itself has done it has done itself a disservice. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I can agree with the system. Because what rationale? Let, you know, okay, let me go Socratic on you. Okay, what rationale could you give to going further? I I couldn't. I mean, can you look Derek and I and say I can't give any rationale for going further? Absolutely, because that's what I'm hearing from him. Absolutely, I I, I hear that too. I, I can but look, it, I can, in I some can ways, people. in some ways, I guess for me, what ordination means is a commitment to Derek and I in perpetuity. Yeah, and the people that I disagree with, not most, but a lot, have been some of the most ardent defenders of. My church, meaning I suppose the conference, and saying, You cannot do what you're doing because these people are credentialed as my people. You know, it's it's tenure. It's sure. And and I and I get that. I'll I'll evoke his name. Tom Kraft. Right, I remember. I remember. He he actually explained this to me. He he has been to me. Whether I agree or disagree with a lot of his stances on stuff, one of the most ardent supporters of the sense of collegiality, in the sense of what ordination means. Yeah, and and Tom has been one of those people. Who has always pushed me toward ordination? Yeah, always. And because I have even, to say, even more than you, Tom is a guy who believes in it, and and believes in ordination even I think beyond the Methodist Church. Well, something holy. There's something going. There's something bigger going. Bigger. Like, almost it's like the laying on mm, almost hands, like ordination like, is a sacrament. You know, Jesus laid hands on Peter and, and Peter and, laid hands on so and so. But again, and I so think so laid hands on so and so. I think I think when I look at it with my like my very simple local pastor eyes, I think the United Methodist Church has debased itself, has debased ordination by making things available to me. That it probably shouldn't have. Well, well, I think I agree with you. I think um, that the, the whole idea of I'm sorry, Derek. Well, go which ahead. goes back to the practicality 
that goes along with the Methodist faith in the United States. I, I, uh, yeah, and, I, would, I would definitely agree and say that one of the things that happened as we decided that there had to be somebody to fill every pulpit is we moved away from the circuit writer who came through and that's when you receive sacrament and these important and valuable things and said, well, we'll assign somebody, even locally, and they can do all that stuff. Right. Now, I love you, and I know you, you, you are seminary educated, and you have that capacity to do all that. But as we muddied those waters, we took the value of ordination, and we threw it right down in the bottom of that pile. Sure, and, and I think that's exactly what I'm saying. But I think as long as, as, long as I can do it, Get away with it? As long as, yeah, as, long as I can get well, away with it. let me tweak you. Okay. It, it, as soon as you understand you have something that you're willing to invest your whole self in. Sure. You'll go whole in. Sure. And you've been willing to be mild because um, you don't have to be anything more. And I don't mean that as an offense. No. Oh, I, I actually kind of appreciate where you're at. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, I, I think it's because... I don't have to go any further to do exactly what I feel like I've been called. You to feel like you're living out your call I feel like in, I'm in, in its fullness already. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. How is he not That's doing right. anything less than what you are doing, Derek, or what I'm doing? Right. Well, but even but even for you guys, I don't I don't want to both of step up both of, a little bit. Both of you, yeah, have expressed a deep sense of calling to the ordained ministry. Well, you, I think what you need to hear from us, Matt, is we understand you have a deep sense of calling sure. to the ministry. No, but, no, 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 no. You need to hear. We have a lot of colleagues who do not have a deep sense of calling to the ministry, and you do. But this isn't... And it's really hard yeah. for us that we have to affirm them, and we never get to affirm you. But you do. You get to affirm me by giving me a local pastor's license mm-hmm. every year, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I go get to go back... Uh-huh. To my local church. Sure. But look, I you know, again, I don't think this is about me. I think this is about where you guys are at versus where I'm at. Okay. And I don't think that I've made the wrong choice. No, I'm not look, man, if I was in the same place, I don't know that I would make a different choice. Particularly sure. with the church where sure. it is now. Sure. But I mean, it goes beyond where Wait, the church is at. Derek, you were ordained uh, two years ago now, right? Right. Fully. Yeah. Would you have predicted that the denomination was going to commit suicide? To I mean, the maybe ex- the predictors to the ex- were there. To the extent that we're seeing now, not really. So I, th- I think if any of us could have foreseen that, any of us might have been reluctant to yeah. go full hog into, hey, let me throw my name in on belonging to this. Yeah, I've heard people say that. Uh, and I was asked, hey, would you be a mentor beyond your mentor, Matt? But uh, sure. would, would you be a mentor to somebody else? And I said, I can't be a mentor to anybody right now because I don't know what I'm mentoring them into. Right. Which is a truthful yeah, statement. Yeah, how can is, you how can you serve like, in that I, I'm way? Not, I'm not sure what. How can you do that with integrity? Right. Yeah. Right. Mm. 
I mean, I'll name it for me. And I think what I'm struggling with right now is a, a sense of fear as to how this is going to play out and what it's going to mean for my life and for my family as someone who's fully committed right, cause, cause to Derek, this life. Derek and that's why I'm, I'm hearing what you say. Yeah. And it, Cause it, it resonates. Cause again, yeah. And I think this is really, really important. And I think this is something that we, that we need to really emphasize here as pastors, mm-hmm. regardless of whether we're fully ordained elder or local pastors, is this goes beyond the local church. This goes beyond the denomination. This is personal in the sense of what do we do with our lives when this thing that we've committed to either on a local level or in ordination, if it goes away. And right. I think I think that's the whole reason that I'm motivated to talk, you know, on a podcast about this is because I'm I'm concerned about that. This is personal to me. And I, th- I think that's what, what, you know, so... Well, I'm just thinking about yeah. What, even, what do I do even, with my family? Even giving my kids the same experience of the church well, that I have, and is that realistic? Right. And uh, I, I think I'll push on you a little bit, Derek. I, I've got a nine and a half year old. You, you got three kids. I got three kids. Derek, yeah. You got three mm-hmm. kids. Our kids aren't going to have the same experience. No. I, you know, I know that right now. Yeah. But looking the, at my kid in the church, I kind of go, "Your experience with Sunday school." Totally, totally different, different. Than my, yeah. my experience in Sunday school. Summer camp, we're taking our kids, we're putting our kids in. For the first time. In summer yeah. camp and yeah. for the first time. And I'm really excited to, to do that for them because those are some of the most treasured memories I have mm-hmm. is at United Methodist camps. I hated those memories, but that's all right. I, I loved them. I, God bless you, everyone wants. It doesn't, doesn't work for everyone. Yeah, it doesn't work for everyone. Well, the thing is, is I'm me. like moved and. You know, that's some weird stuff going on. But overall... That, that's different. That, sorry. I really looked forward to those um, those times at camp. And um, and I think it was it was really formative for me as a, as a Christian and as a, you know, pastor exploring my calling and everything else. So, and, and you know, if this thing blows up, they're certainly not going to have that camp experience, but more than that, there are you know they become as I become disenfranchised, they become disenfranchised by default. Right, which is an interesting scenario. I do have a kid that loves God. If I can be honest about that, I've got a kid that loves church. Mm-hmm. She may not love children's moment because there's only like four children or three, and she's one of them that comes forward and it makes her feel awkward and weird because who doesn't feel awkward and weird, particularly when you're like 10? Mm-hmm. And you're the guy doing it. That's right. It, well, yeah, I got to go I forward because dad's up there. But, uh, no, you are not. Uh, you know, I I understand all that. At the same time, I got a kid that's like, I love church. Mm-hmm. I love singing songs. I love the organ. I love the liturgy. Is this a bread Sunday? That's my favorite. <laughs> Is this a bread Sunday? Uh-huh. It's like, wow, you you dig the liturgy of the table. Sure. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's that's like 
evoking you're you're gonna have this moment where you feel called sure in, in some way you may not be to ministry but you feel called sure and uh that's an incredible thing that's that's when i love what i do mm-hmm. it, it might be my own kid or it might be somebody, somebody else's, else's kid yeah or it might but, be but some, it, and it just raises that question so when they're called in some way where and how do they live out right that call their right. their, yeah, ba- if, their baptism if this what does that look yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah because because well, coming up on pentecost right this is like confirmation time right because so, that's yeah. baptism is that like larger yeah church thing it's not just mm-hmm. a local church it's the larger church thing beyond the united you, methodist yeah. church. part of the church that church but our united methodist church as a as a whole helps ground us to the church universal. And I, and I feel like it's how we relate to the, the church universal as Methodists. That's right. So, so if we, if we lose that and we're just a system of affiliated or autonomous local churches, do we lose? And I, and I think you can see this in American Christianity overall, you lose that sense of church universal. Well, there's, uh, let me use a, an example from today. One of my favorite moments of annual conference is when we sing songs. Uh-huh. Now, I work best when I have the music before me, but nonetheless, <laughs> Methodists are great at singing in parts. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. And as much as I made fun of And Are We Yet Alive, because I'm doubtful of that, when you hear it sung in all of its parts, or for all the saints, when we do that one, that, sure, that's every annual conference yeah. as well. There's something about the power of hearing. I'll use Charles Wesley, a thousand tongues mm-hmm. singing those songs. That you go, this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I hear the glory of God in this moment. Holy crow! Sure, yeah. Jeepers, this is it. Sure. Yeah. Incredible basketball game today, huh? Would you have thought? The Did not Warriors were severely Would you have thought, Derek? Was undermanned. That, would that have been your prediction? I was I was no, we were talking about that so today. So I had to if I had looked up and if I had seen that Clay Thompson was out, Kevin Durant was already out. Steph Curry had to do it all himself. He couldn't hold up. He he yeah. did a lot. He had an amazing he three that. quarters. Yeah, but he did what he could. To, By the fourth quarter, he was shot. He and, was. And Draymond Green. If Draymond Green is your second best player, yeah, you're an okay team. If he's your fourth best player, but I also think that you're that, an all-time team. If I could just you know spe- speak court. speak for the like the team that is. Across the lake from where yeah, I live, right? Across I expect the, you to. You can see them. I can oh, see them. We can spit on them. It's 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 pretty great. Oh, this is great. This is great for Buffalo in a yeah, weird way. In a weird way, is it? Yeah, sure. Sort Some of excitement. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, proximity. Yeah, to proximity. something big. Yeah. Buffalo's a weird uh, basketball city. What I what I think is really interesting is it's that old school basketball mentality. Those little Catholic I, I want leagues. some Buffalo. Braves apparel. 
Well, nice. It's around. It's awesome. around. Yeah, actually, it a lot. And actually, that's what I was going to talk about. Dang it, Derek. Uh, the more, the more that, some. Um, the yeah, more no, that we'll uh, get it to you. Yeah. Give me your address. Yeah. Yeah. We'll send you some of the mail. The more easy to find. Hoodie. No. A jersey. No, he wants a jersey. Yeah, yeah right I think I get more DFLOs. more use. I think I get more use out of a out of a cap or a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a hoodie. Oh, we got okay. It. We got so it. anyway, what I was gonna say is the baseball teams stinks. Hold on, the Raptors have brought a sense of. You've seen a lot of articles recently in the local newspaper about local the, being Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. In the Buffalo Bu- News. Yeah, in the Buffalo News about how important the Braves were to the well they weren't as important as they should have been but what a big they were a big deal in the 70s Mm -hmm. they were they had some great players and they had some great players Mm -hmm. and they They were they were they fielded some really great teams now unfortunately like the sabers the team from boston was the ultimate um there you go was the ultimate uh nemesis right freaking boston but who um, owned Own that era. Yeah, who owned that era. But at the same time, um, now we get to to experience, you know, 90 minutes away, a team that is, you know, making a great run. um, Made all the right moves. And and it's fun. It's really fun fun to see, like, a relevant— kind of semi-local team. It is. I mean, as much as Cleveland could be called local, I'd say that this is probably more local than uh, than, than Cleveland. Now I'm going to shift sports. Hockey. W- where are we at? St. Louis or... Uh, <coughs> what do you think, I'm, boys? I'm St. Louis. And there were times I didn't think St. Louis was going to bounce back. I think, I think it's going to go Boston. I, I, think, I don't necessarily I think, still think Boston. I, I think that every. That, but I think Boston's a better team. I think that every time that Boston steps on the gas, they're clearly the better team. Yeah, that was. They have, they have a real hard time keeping their foot on the gas. My the sense entire. has been Boston okay. should win this series. Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay, that may be a, a right assessment. It's Boston should. Boston should win. They have everything to I mean, win. They put, okay. the, they put, so game three, they put their foot on the gas. They blow up. Oh, yeah. They destroy the Blues. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Game four, eh, the Blues win. All right. So we're early now in the baseball season, but let's go uh, a little bit postseason. What do you guys think? I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Minnesota on this. I think they're going to make it to the postseason. They're definitely going to the postseason. I don't think they're going to get all the way through. They're practically already a lock for the. I don't think they're going to go all the way through, but I I think they're. I think they're going to get beat by the Yankees. I think the Yankees are. Oh, I think the Yankees going to be the team they always are in the postseason, which is they shouldn't be here, but they are. I think they. I think they belong where they. They belong at the top of the division. I. uh, I think the Dodgers are going to go all the way. Dodgers are good. And uh, I'll, I'll put my bet on uh, Houston. I think Houston's—they've proven themselves. Probably got it. There. Houston's good. Yeah, uh, I probably put my money on on the uh, Houston and and Dodgers if I had to really put long range money on. I love the Dodgers. Team. Mostly, it's like an LA connection for me. Yeah, see, I'd go for I'd go for the Angels over the Dodgers. Which, you have an LA connection. Well, my brother lived uh, there. Just, my just, brother lived just in, loves LA. Jumping on. My brother lived in LA for for a, yeah. for a few years, and I loved going out to LA. Like it was, I didn't get out there very often. So, which stadium are we going to this year? I need a new stadium. Um, oh, we're going to Cincy. We're going to Cincinnati. Is that the we're one they call the Great American Ballpark? Great American Ballpark. When do we go in August? 
Cincinnati is July or August. hot in it's hot in August. July yeah, and August. It's, it's hot in it's July and August. Baseball, Derek. It, all right. But but the hotels are cheap and um there you go. It's, it's called it's called and baseball. The, it's the summer season. The the uh, the views are nice. The Downtown Cincinnati is great and it's developing more and more. All right. Um so all right. So um this has been uh this is this has been um this has been a tribe called Methodist. Tribe we've, called Methodist. We've yeah. talked talked about Methodist stuff. Talked about and some off-topic stuff. And Personal off-topic holiness, stuff. social holiness, irrelevance, and irreverence. And irreverence. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we look forward to bringing this all back to you again soon.